Yo, 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 it is the maiden voyage of the Gaming Memories Podcast, where I, Kate Call, your host, interview people you probably don't give a shit about in regards to their most impactful gaming memories growing up. On this episode, episode one, I have Todd Robbins, aka Super Legitimate SAG Accredited Stuntman, Human Ninja, Parkour Freak, and most importantly, one half of the fantastic YouTube channel, Kuma Films, which is easily, in my opinion, one of the most unique and creative channels on the platform. I had a great time talking to him. Hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. Now we're live. Welcome to the Gaming Memories Podcast, technically episode two, (laughs) but episode one died. Oh, so this is episode one? It might not be uploaded as episode one, so... Okay. Whoops. Just in case, hell yeah. Just in case, you might be the first episode. This is Todd Robbins from Kuma Films. For people who don't know him, why don't you introduce yourself and what you do? Okay. My name is Todd Robbins. I run a, a production company slash YouTube channel, also under Kuma films on youtube and various social media but uh what we do is my, my brother and i we run the channel of start off as just like a place for us to practice cinematography so what we do is i guess going back to the beginning really quick <laughs> makes more sense this way what we do is we travel around the world finding people with like unique what would you say talents hobbies weird i would say who are not weird things that they love that are sometimes not your normal everyday. Your normal obsession. <laughs> yeah, so it's normal to see someone super obsessed with like with playing basketball guitar or a yeah. sport, but not someone who's super obsessed with playing with a yo-yo. Exactly. Or even more weird, card. You do card tricks. What's the weirdest one? Do you think the weirdest talent that when you saw? Uh, God damn, what's? Go- <laughs> There's a lot of weird ones. <laughs> think about it. But then they're like weird in like the most respectful way. Like not like yeah. It's just like it's so unique. Like I guess like. One of my favorites were these, like, old dudes we met when we were in Taiwan. They, like, are just, like, super good at, like, precision sniping, like, tops. Like, old wooden tops. You mm. know, that people play, you wrap a little string around it, you know, and you, like, throw it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Tops like that. So, like, these guys could land, like, these tops, like, 20 feet away onto, like, quarter size like, targets. It's like so. We just I don't them, think I've seen that video. Really? Oh, dude, yeah. We called them spin top snipers because <laughs> they just, like, have these toys. Like, boom, they'll chuck them. Don't and they'll just land it precisely on, on like these wow. small targets, like super precise. Was it in Asia? Yeah, yeah, in Taiwan. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> I know, right? Well, that's where we spent. Well, it's kind of where we got started. So, yeah. a lot of our stuff is Asian based, and we find people are more interested usually in kind of like the the Asian. You know, I think it's just different. People don't kind of see that yeah. kind of stuff every day. But yeah, so in a nutshell, like, and we just try to find. Not just like interesting people, but also places and like just things around the world, you know, that, you know, are a little more fringe or niche that, you know, not your everyday hobby. (laughs) Basically, you film people doing really rare people. You film people who take rare skills to the maximum level. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, boiled down in a nutshell. That super exactly. rare hobbies to the maximum level. Yeah, and we just try to film might be it spinning the... on a ring. It might be card stacking. That was one of the ones that blew my mind. There's that girl you were, I think, in Taiwan in the streets, 
She would like oh, stack the cup, cup stacking. Cup stacking. Yeah. yeah. Like cup stacking. Super That quick. was crazy. That was weird, right? Yeah. That's world, so crazy. Yeah, there's world super fast. World class people who have spent ten thousand hours practicing cup stacking. And like the crazy things like in the comments people are like, Oh, get a job or like you know <laughs> <laughs> get a real hobby or get a real job. Like I would say like a good chunk of the people that we actually meet in film are making money off that time. Yeah, it's yeah. a career. Like like the street performers are making like my cousin is a director, like an actual like commercial director in Taiwan, and the ring guy that we filmed yeah. makes more money he than he does as know, a street performer. as a street performer than my cousin does as a commercial director. Like He's probably not paying taxes on that money. Probably either. not. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, like you know, hopefully he doesn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> like the first time I met him, he like if we're going off tangent here, if that's yeah. okay. <laughs> first time I met the guy, like. We were going to meet up and just kind of talk about his video really quick. So he's like, yeah, like, meet me, like, downtown by the 101s where he normally performs. So, like, I'm going to do a little performance really quick, you know, and then after we can go grab dinner and we can chat about the video. So we go there. It's about to rain. And he's like, uh, like, it's about to rain, but, like, I'm thinking I'm just going to do one performance while I'm here anyway. <laughs> you know, so he does his performance maybe, it's like five to ten minutes per performance on the street. And then in that time, like, he probably made, like, a couple hundred U.S. dollars. In like a ten minute performance. Ten minute performance, hundred to two hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like he and for draws... context of people who don't know what this is, this is a guy that stands in like a human sized ring. Yeah, like a big metal sphere. It's called the sear wheel. It's just a big metal ring, and he just like stands in and he like, and he like spins rotates and, and rotates yeah. and tumbles and really acrobatic, like you know, kind of like modern dancey, but with this giant ring. It's really actually pretty, like really pretty. How many see. performances a day can he do? Do you Dude, think realistically? <laughs> realistically. I don't know. As many as he wants, I guess, like twenty or thirty a day. Depends if you want, on how crowded. All, yeah, put all day and how many other like performers are sharing the space with him. Yeah, because like you know, sometimes there'll be two or three, and they'll kind of like each perform once or twice every hour and just kind of yeah. hang out, and they're not like overdoing it because like it's exhausting as well. So, but like in just that little time, and like, and I think because Taiwan, like a lot of their coins or bills are like bigger. You know, like the smallest bill is three, like. Is a hundred NT, which is like about three US dollars. So you know, like people there, they just pull out a bill. You know, smallest thing they have is three US dollars. Like people are just throwing that in. He gets like you know, I swear I've seen at least like him like get like a hundred people. Because Taiwan, it's like so crowded, it's so packed. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not uncommon for him to get a hundred, two hundred people to just like swarm around. And he's one of the more famous street performers there, so like he draws in big crowds. So. But a lot of guys, a lot of those people are making it, you know. So, yeah, if career. you're commenting on your video, telling these people to get a job, shut up. <laughs> He's probably making more money than you. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's really interesting that, you know. And he doesn't have a boss. Can do. yeah. Even if you make more money than him, you're answering to somebody. <laughs> yeah. So He's just, living the life of a nomad. Just goes to show, like, you know, no matter what it is, like, you can actually probably make a career. Out of anything that you enjoy doing. Minus cup stacking. I yeah. doubt, I doubt I, I, that the, girl's making yeah, any that's money. True, that's a solid point. So There's I, no way. <laughs> she can make tutorials and all these little kids are like freaking yeah. buy her There's tutorials. Probably There's, a way. Ways. There's probably a way. There's probably ways. And like with social sell media. Cups, maybe. And yeah, you can sell your own cups if you get famous enough as a yeah. world class cup stacker. You know, <laughs> There's probably a way to do it. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, that's what you do. So that's what Todd does, Kuma Films. Where can people find you online? Uh, just Kuma, Films, Kuma Films on YouTube, Kuma Films on social media, you know, YouTube, Instagram, right. Facebook. Sorry for the long tangent. No. Jeez. <laughs> and what, uh, the reason we brought Todd on is Todd is also an avid gamer, which I think makes its way. Your intro kind of has a gaming sound to it, like a little... It's the Final Fantasy VIII. 
You probably shouldn't say that. I know. It's hands down copyrighted. <laughs> we, we actually changed it because I'm like, I think like once our channel started growing to a point, like we never anticipated to, yeah, yeah. you know, for, to be doing this, you know, it was just a, a place to practice and kind of just upload our videos. We never expected to have a following or anything. So, you know, like I liked Final Fantasy. I always saw that in my head and I saw like the logo pop up. My God, like, oh, be funny. But now that we're getting bigger. What'd you change it to? Just like a stock sound that's similar? We don't even have anything anymore. We just like flash our logo really quick. Mm. Just like straight to the video. Like sometimes just overlaid. What on. sound was it from Final Fantasy VIII? Do you remember the <clears throat> specific sound? I think it was like a menu. The slide. menu yeah. screen. I may or may not have used some samples and some songs. <laughs> but yeah. I just sometimes you can't it. recreate them. Sometimes they're so obscure. You're like, so if I do, pro tip, if I do use something from a video game that I can't figure out a way to get around it and I want it, I'll pick something from a non-popular video game. It's like non, super obscure. Non-iconic sound that no one's going to be able to, it's not going to cop for anything. Yeah. Once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful, dude. You, you got to be careful. You can get screwed over. It's all policed by thing. algorithms. Yeah. So it's just that the algorithm can recognize the sound. Yeah. Which, there's so many sounds in video games. And when I, when I listen to like producer sample packs, people who are selling sample packs, everyone's just like rehashing the same stuff, re relabeling it, uploading it, and selling it as a sample pack. Yeah. You don't yeah. even know when. when I, sometimes when I download sample packs, either they're free or I pay for them on Splice. I'm like, I've heard this. This is in this sample pack. I don't even know. Like they've like uh, there was um ah I forget his name, a prominent producer that just got busted for. He was basically farming out people to make his sample packs for him. They would go and like combine drum sounds. And one of them um, ripped sounds directly from the new Doom, 2016 Doom. Oh. And then repackaged them as drum samples as like his own sample pack. You know, because artists would be like, buy my sample pack, so sound like me. Yeah. Uses my drum samples. But, but really, they're just like. Fighting. Like, yeah. Him. Well, in his case, he. And he maybe he didn't know it, and maybe he was whoever he hired was doing a shitty job, and they weren't instructed to do that. But he got busted for just ripping stuff straight from a video game soundtrack mm. and selling it. Yeah. But I know a lot of other artists that spend when they're not making music, they're creating sample packs and then selling them. But you never know, you never know. Yeah. So in the future, if everything's policed by an algorithm, you could theoretically pay money for a sample or a loop or a chord or a drum that's supposed to be like cleared to go. Yeah. But but then it gets caught by an algorithm. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you could say, I, pr I, pr I bought it from this sample pack. Well, even if you paid for it, that person wasn't justified or, or wasn't able to legally sell the rights to that sound. And it gets really, really messy. So We actually had that happen. Really? On one of our recent videos, like one of the artists we used used a sample that wasn't licensed, I think. And uh, we got... We got busted because of that and because of the, you know, to us, he signed everything. You know, it's like, yeah, it's all good. I own everything. But apparently a sample. Apparently, he, yeah. No, so and then got, it dings your then, channel. Yeah, it dings us and we can't do anything about it unless we just. Yeah, that sucks. Completely. I think some of it's, I think a lot of it's probably initially <laughs> policed by an algorithm. Because I know um, there's certain like distribution channels that can recognize when someone uploads your song to YouTube as like a fan channel. Yeah. It can credit, it'll recognize the song and credit to you. But when it comes to creating new songs and sounds, like I don't know. I know with video games, I have a friend, Robo Rob, who's like way into the video game music scene. 
and it's been in that scene for a long time. It's done official video game remixes, and he says Square Enix has people manually checking <laughs> on top of algorithms. Good I'm thing sure. I got rid of it. Yeah, so good thing you got you flew under the radar. Yep. So anyway, big uh, big video game fan. You used to have the Final Fantasy VIII menu sound yep. in your YouTube channel's intro. Now I'm playing it safe. So as the the premise of the show is, we're going to talk about your earliest video game memories, the first video game you remember seeing and playing. Then we'll go through the biggest games of your early childhood, which is up to like 12 years old. Then you'll get into your teenage years and then gaming right now. What memories are you making right now in gaming? And then maybe talk about how gaming influences your your creative work in film. Word. So let's start. What's your first game you remember seeing? First game... There's, it's so hard. First game I can really remember is like Lemmings. Like, Lemmings on PC? PC. Like, MS-DOS? Yeah, yeah, before I had like a, like any sort of like console. Yeah. Like I remember like always getting like floppy disk games. Like yeah. When I'd go to like Taiwan with my mom, she had a friend who owned like a computer store. And whenever I'd go, she'd always like me and Joe, my little brother Joe games. And they're floppy disk. And I remember like... There was like this click and go America West Five goes like you know the Five movie Five goes West yeah 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 there's one of those games and then Lemmings were like two of the games I remember playing <laughs> and like you know putting the floppy disk in flipping the switch and then like run dot exe like yeah, yeah. In, like you know like code basically to like play your damn game like I yeah. remember it used to be so confusing. such a pain in the ass yeah <laughs> yeah and like sometimes like there'd just be days you forget how to do it. And you can't run your game like ah, oh, I don't remember how to start it. You know, or an error like would pop up and yeah. you don't know anything about computers. You're like, uh, like there's oh, no internet. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like six years old. Yeah, you're like, I'm, <laughs> no, I also I remember is just like this is how I was taught to run the game. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just you're just copying. I'm just copying what you know. Yeah. So sometimes if you haven't played a game in a minute, you forget how to run it and then you can't play it. So there's that, and then interesting. I would I would have guessed Mario. Most people say NES Mario our age is the first game. It's the first game I remember. Mm. But Lemmings, that probably I wonder what year that came out because ninety, I think it was no, that was Super ninety two is when Super Nintendo came out in America. I bet eighty five is probably when NES came out. Dang, yeah, I wonder when Lemmings. That's floppy disks were before that. How old do you think you were? I mean, I was born in eighty five, so. I don't know, like, I feel like we were always, I don't know if I was, or I can't remember how old I was when I first got an NES. My dad got one for his birthday, came with, like, Duck Hunt, you know, yep. the the whole, tr- you know, yeah. the, everyone's our ages, like, came yeah. with the orange zapper, Yeah, play Duck Hunt and Mario. And then we had, like, Mickey Mouse, like, Mickey Mouse Adventure, I think. I never even... It was fun. Yeah. Like, from what I remember, it might not have been <laughs> as well, but I remember that game being just, like, dope. I love that game. <laughs> So, like, you know, NES-wise, like, actual, like, console video game. Like, after that, I didn't really, you know, minus, like, StarCraft and stuff, yeah. like, junior high. I didn't play. I've been more of a console gamer than yeah. I have, like, PC and stuff like that. But, I, like, the earliest memories are, like, of playing Lemmings in my dad's yeah. computer room on his computer. But then, like, console was, yeah, Mario. What do you remember from getting the NES? <laughs> I remember... My mom setting limits. Classic Asian mom. No video games until after homework, and then you have like an hour to play. Which, so to, a, re- which to a kid is like a minute. Yeah, I was like, that's no time at all. <laughs> like, I want to, you know, you just want to binge it. Yeah. So I, I remember like, you know, getting my homework done as quick as I could and just like 
playing Mario and Mickey Mouse, you know, and then at night sometimes I'd sneak up and blanket over the TV. Really? To yeah. muffle the sound or the muffle light? Light sound, just, yeah. you know, I wanted to play video games, but my parents were pretty, like, pretty strict at the time, like, you know, controlling, which is a good idea, Probably obviously, you know, looking back at it. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, I remember not ever getting to play as many video games as I like, so we never, like, outside the NES. Oh, no. <laughs> it stopped. It's all right. Okay. I don't know how long it's been off, but... Anyway. So going back to it, yeah, like, outside the NES, like, because my parents were more strict about that kind of stuff, but I didn't have a lot of new consoles until the, I think the 64 was the next console. So you went from NES to 64? Yeah, but my cousins, my neighbors, all had, like, Super Nintendo. No, no, I did, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but it is still kind of within the realm of NES. So, because I'm, I'm Asian, <laughs> my mom's from Taiwan. I actually grew up with a Famicom. Ah. Like an old school, like, you know, like the orange and black yeah, yeah, yeah. Famicom, you know, so. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know any kids that had that growing so, up. So that would be like up there with like along about the same time. As, Were you the cool kid on the block? Yeah, because like, so in Asia, they had these things called like, well, they had these like compilation cartridges. So like, like, for example, you'd have like 500 games in one cartridge. Yeah. And what would be good, like. <laughs> they'd buff their little stats by like you have like maybe 20 or 30 games but it's like each different level they boot up as a new level so they make it another game yeah, yeah. Like you get a ton of games so I remember playing like before I knew what it was like there was this old Dracula Jr which was actually Castlevania Jr so it was only it was never released in the US it was only a like a Japanese game <laughs> so like was I, it all in Chinese when you played? for the most part yeah I think a lot of the menus and stuff yeah. were in Chinese but you know so like there's tons of just old games like that. So I remember that was kind of like NES and the Famicom with these like Taiwan games we'd get in Taiwan with like all these different, just tons of games in them. So we were always kind of popular for that. Like, oh dude, he's got like 500 games in one. Like, you know, and have like five or six of those cartridges. It was pretty fun. But yeah, like. So you went from that to a traditional NES? Uh, we had them it? about the same time. Oh, so, you had double whammies. Yeah, yeah. We had both because like. I think got it for my birthday or something for another one. So we had, yeah, we had an NES and a Famicom where we play like the Chinese, Japanese games that we couldn't get in the US. What game on the NES stands out to you the most? The strongest memory? Game on the NES. Mario 3? I would say Super Mario Brothers 3. There is. And what about it? <laughs> there is a week that my parents <laughs> were out of town and my basement flooded. So I had to like live at my grandma's house with my cousins. And they had just gotten Super Mario Brothers three, so I just remember like binging it all weekend with them. Just like, you had a bunch of free time, yeah, deep in the paint. Just, yeah, then I just remember like Little Big World. Remember that? Like the first time you're tiny and like you have like the giant Goombas. Oh yeah, yeah. Stuff. I'm like, holy crap! Like this is like for some reason like just the scale or the fact that you would, like become miniature in the game for some reason kind of like I don't know. I guess blew my mind for some reason. Like that like that level always stood out to me. It was, like being like that. Oh. And freaking old school Ninja Turtles. I just remember the original. The one. original, those that the, was the super shitty, brutal, difficult one. The fucking but, seaweed part. Yeah, the, the electric yeah. seaweed. Yeah, freaking detonate like, get, like assholes. Yeah, the freaking bombs. Oh, yeah. Like, but what's funny is like I don't remember being as difficult as everyone claimed it being. I remember like old games like that. Like you get, I still got through. You get them. good at it. Yeah, I got through them as like an eight year old. But I always got somehow. stuck at the part. 
So you have the overworld map that's top-down view. Yeah, you're like in like the little turtle. And as you go, as you progress to a certain point, you get to a new section of the overworld map, and you get the van. Yeah, the van. And that section, I, something about the van section that was the brick wall for me. I never beat the game, <laughs> but I got stuck at the van. I can't remember if I ever overworld. did either, to be completely honest. But I remember playing that but game a ton too. Just to get to that point, I don't know how many hours I put in. That game was hard. Yeah. So yeah, so I remember Ninja Turtles is a super fond memory, and yeah, Super Mario Three. So Ninja Turtles and Mario. One other one. What'll be the third one? Um, <clears throat> that's tough. Probably. I remember playing Zelda. That's a pretty common one. That's a pretty common one. But did you beat it? <clears throat> no. Well, that's that's the thing. It was so long ago. <laughs> I can't remember beating it. And I, you know how they have batteries, like the old cartridges, like to save because like I didn't. You could, yeah. Like, really? I don't yeah. remember that. So, like, I believe, like, the old cartridge. The gold disc cartridge? Yeah, like, when they started having it so you could have save files, there were old batteries in um, the cartridges that would, like, I think kept it safe. I don't know. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Make me <laughs> Do you remember really batteries, though? But for some reason, I remember batteries, like, going back trying to see if I ever did beat it or how far I got because I found the old cartridge. And I you couldn't I, load I, the save file? I couldn't load the save file. Hmm. So I looked it up, and that's, I think, maybe where I think I saw. They're uh, like batteries, so maybe it had died. And I, I definitely did not beat that game. But I can't remember beating it. But I do remember like playing that, and like I think my memories kind of mesh with uh, Zelda too, because I do remember like a lot of, like the, the side, side scrolling. I remember loving it, but it apparently like was no one loved, liked it. That one is a little <laughs> but, bit of a dark horse for a lot of yeah. people. I don't know. I definitely didn't beat either. Zelda broke me as a like five or six year old. I just I would get to the first dungeon. I knew how to get to the first. I had memorized, okay, I can go here and get to this dungeon, and I can go through it and get the boomerang and whatever the Triforce piece is. Then you get out, and I would never know what to do. And the, I remember once making it to where you kill, like, a horse dude next to a lake, and you get the brown sword. I think it's, like, the first sword upgrade, and that's as far as I ever got. And apparently that game, you have to, to like, beat it, beat it. This is what my brother told me. I've never looked it up, so it could be totally wrong. Probably might have been bullshitting me. But it, like, remixes, and you have to beat it, like, multiple times in a row to actually beat it. Did you ever hear that? I should look that up. Maybe. I've always thought that. There's another one if you put in, like, was, like, Zelda is in, like, your, as your username, you play another game to, like, some, like... Really? I didn't know that. Apparently. I don't remember if that's in one or two. <laughs> have to look these up again. But that's, Definitely those def are things that I heard as well. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, Zelda... I don't know, there's like a lot of scattered memories too at the end. It's just so long ago. It was like, yeah. you know, when we were so young. Did you do Battletoads? <clears throat> on my Game Boy. I had Battletoads on my Game Boy. But I remember like games like Paperboy and like Marble Madness. You ever play Marble Madness? Yes. God. <laughs> yes. I forgot about Marble Madness. Yeah, that game was hella fun, dude. And it was hard. So hard. <laughs> you, could, you could tell like, there, at that same one, I had a brick wall where there was a certain course. It was course six or seven that I couldn't beat and I gave up on. Did you do a lot of punch out? Yes. Punch-Out was a big I one. I did. Did you beat it? No. I remember, I could never get past Tyson. Yeah, I couldn't even get I to Tyson. Soda Pop always ended me. Yeah, no, Tyson was like... <laughs> and apparently not a whole lot of people did. Apparently he's like super, super difficult. Another rumor my brother told my other, my other brother is that back in the day, if you took a screenshot of beating Tyson and sent it into Nintendo, you could get 100 bucks. Really? I don't know. I tried. He told me that I tried looking up. I couldn't find anything on it. But <laughs> That'd be crazy. what's interesting is that rumor must have been going around yeah. when they were kids. Mm. 
Um, I don't know how like, widespread like it was. How, how's it spread too? Like that's a weird thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was a no widespread thing or it was just my oldest brother being a total liar, which is possible. Yeah. Brothers do that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know, like a lot of memories and like a lot of times it's like cousins or like they weren't even games I owned. It's just, I just remember playing yeah. them like family or friends and stuff like that. Is there like one cherished memory that gives you the most nostalgic feeling of this, any, the NES era, we'll call it? The NES era. I would probably still say like the that memory of like playing Mario three that binging, whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, just like hanging out with my cousin like all weekend, just like binging it and just like was that. I feel like that was like one of my favorite games on the NES. Like Mario three was so so much fun. So then and it's you, still good too. It's and then you went up. straight to sixty four. How did that happen? So yeah, what like, kind of middle class family were right, you? Weird, huh? No, no, you can't skip console generations. <laughs> so like my summers, I would spend in Taiwan when my mom would go back to visit her family. And my cousins always had the next generation of yeah. console. So, like, all summer I'd play, like, their Super Famicom. And we'd play, like, Super Mario World all summer. And Mario Kart. Those are, like, yeah. Two big memories. Two, those, yeah. Those ones in Taiwan are, like, two of my biggest memories, for sure, like, in terms of Super Nintendo games. But, yeah, like, so, for some reason, I just end up skipping the Super Nintendo. And friends had Genesis, played that. But, like, I never actually owned, like, the Super Nintendo. What's your favorite Genesis memory of playing with friends? <laughs> I remember playing Sonic 2 with some friends out in L.A. We went and visited them. And, like, while my parents were out doing it, was, I think it was where Joe was getting adopted. No, 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 before. It was way after that. Take that back. But I remember, like, playing Sonic 2 all weekend and, like, just being amazed that you could play because another person could play as Tails. He never, yeah. like, he never officially died. <laughs> so it was like, you know, he died and then you just come right back. Yeah. But I remember just playing as Tails. And, like, that was my first experience, like, playing Sonic. and. Like, the speed of it was, like, was so crazy, yeah. yeah. Like, I remember, like, these, like, little, like, cylinders, and like, you'd run, and all of a sudden, you, like, you start going, like, upside down, and all this yeah. stuff, like, wow, like, I had never played a game that was, Mario like, can't do this shit. Yeah, Mario wasn't <laughs> that. Like, there was so much going on. Yeah. You know, the fact that you could, like, like power up and the turbo, spin, yeah. and blast off, you know, like, these crazy, like, labyrinth, like, maze, pinball-y looking things. Like, oh, it was such a cool game. I remember always wanting one, but I don't know if it was, like, not like we're poor or anything. I don't know. We just, for some reason, like just having like the the consoles that we had, yeah, was basically basically enough. And I think we had a PC at the time, so I was playing like like later on, I was playing games like StarCraft and Diablo. But I remember the next console we end up getting was a Super Nintendo. A sixty-four. Not a Super Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo sixty-four. All right. So, what, were you amped on it? Pre-order? Do you know it was coming? Was it a Christmas present? Like, what do you remember? About I, getting the 64. I remember being super, like, just super hyped. Because, like, what happened, like, I remember we were in Taiwan, and the 64 came out. I had no idea it had come out. It's not like there's internet. And yeah. I don't think there's commercials on TV. I never even heard of the 64 coming out. I remember playing a hell of, like, a, just a ton of, like, playing Super Mario RPG a lot in Taiwan that summer before I came home. So like in awesome my head, like game, by the way. yeah, so much fun. I I love it. First RPG game I've ever played. So like it was such a different yeah, but it's so much fun. And that was like the first kind of like three D ish Mario too. If you remember, there's like some of those like isometric view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some like mini games and the way that yeah, the isometric view just kind of made it seem three D. So I remember going back and then like sometime later going to Walmart because Walmart they had like a you know a display and yeah. the new console. And I remember like 
playing Super Mario 64 for the first time, thinking it was Mario RPG. I'm like, oh, 3D Mario, cool. Started playing. I'm like, yeah. wait, this is this is different. What the heck? Like, then I realized the controller was weird. It's not like it didn't even like phase me at first. It's like you just pick it up, start yeah. playing. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, oh, this is like Mario RPG because I didn't play a ton of it. Like, didn't beat it all the way, so I didn't yeah. know. Like, just thought it was like some part I never played yet. But then realized it was like a new console. So like, I remember wanting that like super bad that Christmas was like thing I wanted, but they were sold out like no one you couldn't get them i do remember it was it was hype like my parents yeah. i like they tell me the story now they're like running all <laughs> over the place <laughs> trying to get a 64 yeah they couldn't like, yeah that's the only thing we wanted and i just remember like like and they're like kind of prepping me it's like we can't find one or maybe they had one they just wanted to make it make better. it yeah but like i just remember they're just like they say they were just stressing <laughs> just trying to like find one because they just couldn't get them so i remember christmas morning <laughs> Like waking up and like having like Super Mario 64 and Wave Race. Wave Race. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I have some good. So we would, we would have got it probably the same year because I got it for Christmas. I don't know if it was the first. I think it was the first that same Christmas because I do remember my parents after me getting it being kind of like passive aggressively like. That was a pain in the ass to get, by the way. You better be grateful. <laughs> which I wasn't. That sounds like your parents. Which I wasn't. <laughs> probably. I probably deserved it. But... <laughs> Yeah, what I loved about it is I had a I already I already had a PS1, which is for me like the biggest console to me, but the 64 had no loading times. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just cartridge like, based. Cartridge like, in, boom, you boot it up and yeah. it was like right in and I and I just I liked that. And Wave Race, the first time I saw the water, oh yeah. I was like this is this is, can't be real. It's beautiful. This I, can't be real. There's that one course you're going and the killer whale pops up. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, like almost like crying like emotional. this is so, it's so pretty oh my gosh like, so <laughs> we were just like playing that level over and over that one the ones with dolphins just the fact that you could like jet ski with dolphins yeah. and whales is like freaking like, that opening like amazing. there's like that the music was so the good i remember oh uh, yeah there's the, like the opening park level it's like the play area where you don't race and there's a couple there's like an archway and there's two little jumps and there's dolphins in there and you yeah. just kind of go in a circle i i spent so many hours just like the physics i had never played a game that had like the physics felt real like you'd bob you could dive underwater you could pull it back yeah you could like like no yeah you could kind of pop it <laughs> just bit. playing you around backflip and barrel backflip roll. It, the barrel rolls just playing around fun. there was someone i had never played a game like that and the water physics everything else like ps1 had jet moto which was a pretty popular racing game and it was fun but did you ever play that game uh, and my neighbors. So the, that's kind of the like water console. was bullshit. <laughs> it was just like flat texture, and then they would just like roll a texture like a straight line that was a wave. <laughs> when I thought it was awesome when I played it, and then I saw Wave Racer, and there was like shit talking PS One versus sixty four. Yeah. I ended up having both. We talked shit at school, and that was like, dude, Wave Racer, it's got better water. And like <laughs> everyone, every kid in class agreed. We'd argue about Jet Motor versus Wave Racer, but yeah, it, I, it was better. Yeah, I loved Wave Racer. It did. Having to, like, bob and, like, you know, kind of, like, doing, like, the ski thing, like, in between the pylons kind of yeah. pissed me off at first. After, like, once you got used to it, I, I liked yeah. it and it was fun, but I remember, like, wishing I could just, like, can I just, like, Mario Kart it? Just, like, <laughs> cruise, you know? But, Did you play Pilot Wings? Yes, I love Pilot Wings. That was a launch that was a 64 really, yeah. one, yeah. I actually never owned it, but I borrowed it from a friend. But I remember that game being... That game like, was fun. Super fun. I liked it. Because I had, I had a friend who actually is a, a family friend. He developed for Square Enix. Mm. <laughs> he like worked with them, and he was like a video game developer. So he always had 
Hanzo games. So I remember like not owning Getting hooked up, but yeah, I've yeah. never owned a ton of sixty four games. But I always borrowed them from this like one family friend who probably was like hella annoyed. <laughs> Looking back at it, just me like every week. Hey, can I borrow this? Can I borrow this? Like, <laughs> parents would drive me to this house. Like, yeah, you know. I had a neighbor that I borrowed games from. He was I was like eight to maybe ten, and he was in his twenties, living at home, probably in his twenties. And uh, same thing, I'd bother him every week. He had Raiden, like a top-down shooter bullet hell game on P- uh, PlayStation One. Okay, and uh, that's the one I remember. But same thing, like eventually, my mom had to tell me, hey. Uh, you can't, you can't keep going over there and borrowing this dude's <laughs> games. Like, he's in here, yeah. But as a kid, you don't realize yeah. it. You're like, oh, like, he's got a game, he's not playing it. Like, you don't realize, like, probably how. So you had, pilot, you had, all right, what's the, out of all the games on 64, what's the, the, the fondest memory you have? Most magical memory on 64. Can I do two? Yeah, you can do two. <laughs> I think two. First one would be Zelda, like '64. That that being like the first game, like like really getting me into like Zelda. Like now the Zelda's probably, was that your first Zelda? Like outside, like playing like the old At school, like yeah, whatever. like the Adventures of Link and two and stuff like that. Like, but you didn't like, do that. I remember liking. I like. I love. I've always liked Zelda, but that was like the first Zelda. Like I really, really got into. That. I remember beating like multiple times. Like I don't yeah. remember beating the first or second one ever. But I do remember very vividly, like, you know, beating Ocarina of Time. <laughs> and I remember just, like, the scale. Like, that was the first time I actually played a game where, like, the st- you got into the story. Yeah. No? And, like, it's a pretty basic story looking back at it now. But I remember, like, the scale of Zelda 64 just being, like, holy crap. Like, such a, such a cool game. I remember just, like, Christmas Day opening it and just playing it like for like a week straight because Christmas break. <laughs> Christmas vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just trying to beat it as quick as I could before I went back to school. And like I just remember like that game just so many like so many good like moments in that game. Yeah, you know even. What's like, your favorite moment then? If you had to pick one, <clears throat> in Zelda. Yeah, sixty four. Ooh, <clears throat> I would say, <laughs> damn. Either the first time when you kill Ganon, <laughs> like. The head chop? Yeah, yeah, the choo choo choo. <laughs> like the very, very end of Zelda 64 when oh, yeah. they're fighting him. That fight obviously is like super epic. But <laughs> At the top of the tower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, is it at the top of the tower? No, because you run down and then like the castle is collapsed. Collapses and then you have like that ring of fire that he yeah, surrounds okay. you with. And, and he turns like, into the, like the demon. Yeah, yeah, demon. into yeah, Ganon, yeah. like into beast form Ganon. Yeah. So that's the, you know, that just was that, pretty that epic. like ending when he's like, Ooh, and just like freaking kills and bonds. <laughs> I remember that. I just be like, oh, oh, wow, shit. yeah, like damn, it's badass. <laughs> so I remember that, but then also like, I think the first time you like go to the Temple of Time and you like pull the sword and out you, and uh, you like jump into seven years later and you're an adult. And you're the adult, like, yes. Oh, and everything. And he's like, so much more badass. Yeah, he's like he's he's handsome. <laughs> he's built. <laughs> yeah, he's like, but then you go out in the world and it's just like desecrated. It's like yeah. You know, this is like, it was this weird juxtaposition, kind of like the first half of the game was so happy. You know, everything yeah. was very positive, like, ooh. And I remember, like, forest yeah, and I remember, fairies. Like, yeah, it was so Hooray. fun, happy, like, the Gorons are all dancing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like a really, kind of like a child, like the way it should feel. It was a very yeah. childish kind of feel, kind of gave you that, you know, sense of wonder. But then, like, 
once you come out of the Temple of Time for the first time and like Hyrule is just like it's desecrated, decimated. you have yeah. like redeads all There's over like the zombies in place the, and it like yeah. latches onto you. I'm like, remember freaking, like, oh, shit, what the? <laughs> you know, like freaking out, like, you know, like there's this gloom that like you can like really feel, like, yeah, you know, really immersive feeling and like it still kind of holds up today. All right, I what's think. the second game on 64? Wayne Gretzky 3D Hockey. Oh, really? I would have not guessed that. <laughs> Dude. I played some Wayne Gretzky, but I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Dang, there's a few, but like, I just remember like Wayne Gretzky 3D Hockey being me, Joe, and my cousin Richards. I just favorite game. The fact that like mid game, if you could check people and yeah. you could just like fall it had a little, like, off. It had like a little NBA. Yeah, like blitzish kind of feel. Like it was yeah, arc- there was that stream of games: NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, Blitz Wayne yeah. Gretzky, where it was like arcadey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two so, on two, three on three. So we just like super into like the yeah. just the fights you get in. Like the whole game, we're just like turbo checking each other, just trying to get in fights. <laughs> yeah, it reminds so, like, me of NFL. I didn't. I played some Wayne Gretzky, but I played a lot of NFL Blitz at the Nickelcade. Oh yeah, because yeah. you could you could elbow drop people. Yeah, like after the fact, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was <laughs> awesome. Like everyone yeah. dogpiles. So like you know, I just for some reason Wayne Gretzky, you know, was a big part of my childhood. But then sneaking a couple really quick is just like obviously Goldeneye. Goldeneye's a big, a big one. one. I remember playing Goldeneye so much, I got a migraine. Like my very first migraine ever, just being miserable too. Like I think we played. <laughs> How many hours did you play that? Like 12, 13 straight oh, hours. Just geez. from morning to like midnight. And I remember just like my, my eyes like sting in the back of my head. Just like, oh, just like throwing up. Just like the worst migraine I have, have yet to have too, like ever since. Dang. Like <laughs> from, from binging playing, Goldeneye. Binging Goldeneye. And then just like parties and like Thanksgiving, Christmas playing Mario Kart. Like I feel like that's kind of a everybody who owned a 64. Just feel like Mario Kart is kind of a pretty solid. Most people probably have memories of playing Mario Kart. Yeah. The battle mode. I remember getting in a fight with a friend's older brother over the battle mode. <laughs> Dude, that, that's still the best battle mode. I, yeah, the, they had the three balloons. Yeah, it was great. Turning into the bomb at the end. Like, no other Mario Kart has actually done battle mode as good as the 64, in my opinion. What was your, uh, what was your play style in GoldenEye? <laughs> Slappers, dude. The slappers? Slapping, just chopping people. I love doing... There was a a level where it had, like, just, like, I think three levels with ramps. It was green. Was it the facility? Or was it the I think it was the facility. Or, like, they had, like, like, kind of like the tomb one. No, it's the facility. It's not a tomb. Like, the grates and stuff like that, yeah. I loved uh, just doing proximity mines. And then then screen watching. And just trying to (laughs) bomb people. (laughs) I loved it. It was so fun. It was like my favorite. Probably my biggest memory from GoldenEye. Yeah. Anything else on 64? There's tons, dude. That was like the first console I remember getting into. Getting into, yeah. Like super, super into. Do one more. What's the next one that pops into your head? Let's see. So many. This is like back when Blockbuster was a thing. So I just remember, like, you know. Every other weekend, just going to Blockbuster, parents would take us, go get a video game, renting a bunch. I had a... I what put, about you? you? You give me an idea. You tell me something. Well, I put, a, I put out a song called Biking to Blockbuster because of that same memory. I would... Uh, my, once I got old enough, like maybe 11 or 12, my parents would let me ride my bike to Blockbuster, which was like 10 blocks or something. You had to go on State Street. It was, like, I felt like an adult that I was allowed, and then I would save up my own money, go to Blockbuster... And, um, I re- yeah, there's so many games that you have vague memories of because you rented them and played them. It's like three or five days. Yeah. Usually it's like three days. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 64. 
Jet Force Gemini is one that sticks out. <clears throat> that was a cool game. That was pretty cool. Star Fox was for me. Oh, Star Fox. Star Fox is badass. <laughs> that was a I loved game. Tank. Yeah, the tank the was tank, cool. I like that. Find oh. that like skeleton thing in the yeah. desert. Like, I played a lot of Star, Star Fox. Star Fox was a cool one. I didn't do Smash. I had some friends that played Smash. In, okay, yeah. Like oh, Kevin and all his homies played in high school. But when I was a kid, I didn't know anyone that played Smash when I was little, when 64 came out. Mm. Yeah, Smash was... <laughs> Smash was one I don't think I ever owned, but I rented a ton. Oh, did you play I always, one? I rented a ton. It was like a, you would drive around a mini globe, Blast Corps, and you, and <laughs> you, you like just, the mechs and stuff? And you just demolish everything yeah, in your yeah. past? I, that was pretty fun. Yeah. That one was good. They had Rampage. Rampage. Rampage yeah, World this, Tour. Oh, Killer Instincts on 64. Did you play Killer Instinct? On I the, played like the arc, like Nickel Cage. Uh, the never... 64 version was way better than the SNES version. Really? Yeah, and there was a rumor, which I think is 100% not true, but it made me play it a lot, that the orchid is the girl in the green with the V-neck and the huge boobs. Yeah. And uh, I heard I, there was a rumor amongst all the teenage boys that if you knew like a secret finishing move, she would turn and she would flash the camera. <laughs> and no. No, I mean, no, there's no internet, but man, sure did I, I sure did try to figure that code out. Speaking of no internet, do you remember like freaking like, do you ever like play Mortal Kombat? Like, growing up? I wasn't allowed. Oh. So I remember, before they didn't actually have, like, the codes of, like, how to actually do it in the move. So I remember, like, printing off, like, when the internet was first kind of a thing, like, printing off, like, the codes. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to, like... Where'd you get the codes the from? How'd you print School. them off? School. Like, and I think this is why it's different. Like, internet times. I think the internet was still kind of around at that time. Mm. Like, the 56K dial-up. <laughs> yeah. Uh... But yeah, I wasn't allowed to play Mortal Kombat. It was, uh, I remember being, when Mortal Kombat 2 came out, my dad would let me go to the mall for the arcade, but he wouldn't let me watch people play Mortal Kombat. So what I had to do is, like, go play another game and kind of keep track of him, <laughs> and then he'd get distracted. He'd, like, walk to a store, because he'd kind of just, like, <laughs> roam around while I was in the arcade. Yeah. And then I, when he would, like, walk away, I'd run over, and there'd be lines of people watching because it'd be like two guys and winner would stay mm. and there was a line to play mortal Kombat, and there were usually like one guy that was murdering everybody like <laughs> the king of the castle and i was little so i would like sneak to the side because no one would get mad at me and i could like see an angle from the bottom <laughs> just to watch it just to see and i could see the corner of the screen it was kind of skewed but i could actually see it <laughs> and then my dad would come in and be like what the and he probably <laughs> he didn't say the f word he'd be like yeah get super pissed at me then not a lot of Mortal Kombat, but Killer Instinct, the codes. Yeah, how did we learn fighting moves? Because you couldn't look them up in the menu like modern fighting games. Yeah, they don't have them. You just had to. Like I don't. Dude, that I don't was remember. like. But I remember like printing off like the move list and like the fatalities. Where'd you get it from? Because like that's like the a thing, school like, magazine or something. I have no idea. I remember like printing off. I remember having like to like tear off the edges. Like the printers would have like those. Yeah, the, the paper that would roll. The out. roller papers. Yeah, yeah. it's like. I have this memory of printing it off, but I don't. The internet doesn't seem like it was like a thing then. Well, you somehow somehow I somehow got you it, found I a remember, way to get a hold I of the just goods. Getting yeah, and I just remember having like like cap like trapper keepers. Yeah, like, you know, I'd like three hole punch and I'd have like old <laughs> <code> books. <laughs> you know, for like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter moves. Yeah, you know, because like 
they don't teach you them. Like, I don't know how you ever learned them. How did we? You just word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having a dream once for Street Fighter 2, how to do Vegas, like, <laughs> jump off the wall, and like, Pachoo! Yeah. <laughs> I remember never being able to figure it out, and then one night I had this dream, like, you roll, like, hold down, and you roll over A. I'm like, okay, no way, and I and woke it worked? up. And it freaking worked. I had a dream. You tapped into the Matrix. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember sleeping on it, like waking up that morning, like five in the morning, like, oh, I got to test this. So I run over, turn on my, turn on my Nintendo and <laughs> try it and it totally worked. So, so weird. But I totally, yeah. <clears throat> I remember that. So funny. All right. 60, that's pretty much it. What'd you have after 64? 64? You went to GameCube, right? I had a GameCube and a PlayStation 2. So like in high school now. Now we're in high school. Yeah, yeah. high school. So I have a little more money. <laughs> so I'm, you you skipped PS One. I didn't. Yeah, I never had a PS One. Yeah, which so is like, the golden era in my opinion. Yeah, so like I played a lot of PS One games purely because I had neighbors. Like my next door neighbor, like one of my best friends growing up. What's your best PS One game that you played that you got exposed to? Best there memory was, for that. There's a bunch. Seven obviously is like when Seven's I borrow his games. Like Seven and Final Fantasy Seven and Final Fantasy Eight were two games I played. A bunch. I never borrowed it long enough to actually beat seven all the way through, or eight. But I remember just like always trying to go through yeah. it each time. I when he let me borrow his PlayStation, that I remember playing Parappa. Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that game was super fun. <laughs> and then this other game is RPG called Saga Frontier. Yep, it was like way fun. I really like the animation. It's kind of like this. Yeah, Saga Frontier Two. Saga Frontier Two was marketed because they did a. They, they brought in. I don't know if they were a famous artist in America, but maybe Japan. It was like all watercolor. Mm. So instead of pre-rendered backgrounds, they had like custom watercolor backgrounds, and then they put the sprites on top of that. Yeah, but, I remember it being super pretty. Yeah, like, wow, this both is, games like, were, beautiful. in my opinion, the PS One because I was winning the JRPGs. Those like had some of the best, it, like non three D visuals for RPGs. Yeah, and the, the PS One, it's like when you started splitting. You'd have RPGs that were built two D, look kind of like the SNES. Genesis RPGs, then you had seven and the ones that were moving 3D, and there was a split. And of the 2D ones, I always thought the Saga Frontiers were some of the best ones, especially visually. Yeah. And you could play as like eight characters, and they all had intertwining stories. And you actually play, like when you battled, you had all eight characters. Yeah. I just remember, like, holy crap, like you can you get a lot of attacks in. Yeah. <laughs> like usually, like most like RPGs, you're like three people. You know, usually play three to four, three to yeah. four players in your party. And this time, like Saga Frontiers, I remember, like, oh, dude, you have like eight people in your party. It's crazy. All right, so then you got a PS2 and a GameCube. I got a PS2 and a GameCube, yeah. Number one most fond PS2 memory, and then number one most fond GameCube memory. Okay, PS2. <laughs> All right, so PS2 would be when I actually bought it. I remember like going to Media Play. and like uh, always, Media Play! <laughs> and always playing the Rest demo. Rest in peace. Yeah, the place was fun. <laughs> but I remember always going there, like, the PS2 always seemed cool. But then I remember there's a game called Zone of the Enders that came out and i just remember like whoa like like this fast pace like mech did you get it as as uh as the did, bundle i think did you get it because it had the metal gear demo yeah metal that's gear why i got it too. Yeah, yeah like it came with it but i just remember like just kind of like thinking like oh ps2 is cool but like you know i don't it's a lot of money i don't really want yeah. you know i can't really afford it right now so i just always brushed off and i remember playing the demo of zone of the enders and then I have the Metal Gear. And then I remember there's one week I ran away from home. Oh. <laughs> Just got like super mad with parents. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. running away. <laughs> ran away to my grandma's house. Like, <laughs> lived there for a week and just like, in spite, I'm like, I'm buying a PS2. <laughs> so oh. no, I remember like that week just binging Zone of the Enders and 
living living in my grandma's house. Being a playing, rebel. Yeah, being a rebel, playing his own the Enders. And yeah, that was probably the fondest memory. Zone the Enders is a big one. Or the first time I played probably Uncharted. Was the first time like I had actually seen I don't seen think it. that was on PS2. It was no, PS3. it was PS3. Oh, that's PS3. Yeah. I was just thinking in terms of like story-wise, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll and that's my that. that's my PS3 memory. Yeah. So PS2, <laughs> PS2 you have Zone of the Enders. Zone of the Enders is the big one. Which is interesting cuz that's there's a lot of heavy hitters on PS2. And most people probably wouldn't pick Zone of the Enders, but I remember it. I only bought it I had no idea what it was, but it had a Metal Gear 2 demo. <laughs> I was like, I'm buying it just for the demo, <laughs> for the and if demo the game's okay, then it's icing on the cake. The game was actually really fun, and then yeah. I ended up getting Zone of the Enders 2 Which is awesome. Launch, which is one, which of, the, I, one yeah. of my favorite games still. Yeah. That game's so awesome. So I would say, like, you know, I have probably more fond memories of, like, games, but, like, in, as a whole, I just kind of, like, everything, that kind of... That's the biggest That time memory. of life, yeah. like, that's, like, the whole reason I got it. I remember just being pissed, going to media play... <laughs> playing Zone of the Enders and like I'm like this is really cool like I'm just I'm just gonna freaking just buy it and you're like <laughs> and just nice. playing that all week that was fun on like, uh, GameCube what's the number one standout <sighs> tons of Smash <laughs> Smash Melee <laughs> yeah I would say like GameCube was like when I like I played a lot of Smash and I love Smash on the 64 but Super Smash Brothers Melee was like the main reason I bought a GameCube I think would be that and the next Zelda that was coming out that ended up being Wind Waker. <laughs> Wind Waker, then Twilight, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I thought like they had that demo that was like you know f- like a more oh, I do mature the demo. look of like Zelda sixty four. And then they pulled the. Th- that was one of my favorite games. Like yeah. oh sweet. So just for that game and then Smash came out, but the Zelda hadn't come out yet. I got Smash like oh sweet that and Zelda like f- those are the only two games that come out worth it. <laughs> and those really were about the only two games on. Like there's a bunch of good games, but GameCube didn't have a. Did huge you play in Metroid Prime's? No, I never actually got Damn. into Metroids, but I'm I'm hoping they come out on Switch because those are games I've always wanted to like get into. Yeah, so it'd be fun. I played them hindsight on emulator. Play really it. good. Yeah. yeah, I'd like it, but yeah, I just remember like just super getting into Smash, and that's kind of like where my love of Smash Brothers like really started. Yeah, I was GameCube, just playing that all the time. One more for PS2. <clears throat> PS2. <sighs> Devil May Cry. Oh. Yes. I would say... That's yeah. a great one. <clears throat> Devil May Cry was like... I had never seen anything so, like yeah, that. Yeah. So different. Like The I juggling. Remember, the air juggling. I remember thinking wow. it was going to be a scary game. Because like, oh, the yeah, makers horror. of Resident Evil... And they had, a, they had a, a GameStop or what? eBay is a different name. It wasn't GameStop then, but... I remember there was a demo. And you could play at the first level. And I remember like thinking it was going to be scary. And like playing, like, oh, dude, this is like this is pure action. This is straight action. Like, you're <laughs> such a badass Dante. Yeah. Had, like, that cool white hair, with, like, the side he part. Had the just emo he had thing going on. Yeah, just yeah. he was like, just, he was the shit, dude. Yeah, he was <laughs> so, the shit. Yeah, I remember buying that game, just like, just getting super, super into that game. Just played, I probably beat that game like five or six times, like, within the, the lifespan of my PS2. I feel like I beat that game probably the, probably one of the most. The, one of the first vo- bosses that pops out is the lava. There's like a lava scorpion. That, oh yeah, the spider. The spider. That thing yes, my, yeah. freaked me out. I hate spiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just remember being blown away. I couldn't believe the graphics were that good and the scale, like how big the boss was versus the player, how far the camera is out, the way Dante moved, like he'd jump up and it would like instant, then he would hang for a split second. Yeah, it was so stylized. The controls were so tight and they were tight. Yeah, yeah. like I remember thinking, be like kind of like Resident Evil too, like pre-rendered backgrounds like the controls being yeah. slow you go into the exact opposite yeah quick slashing like 
can freaking ninja just moving like everywhere super responsive yeah the controls are really tight do you remember the cuts it being like it being just super dark too like that scene where like he first that's what i was like, just gonna say bah! that's like, what i was just gonna say yeah. freaking through his chest and he pulls like, himself through, through the sword like, and there's like, blood oh my God. coming out and like he just game. like picks it up <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, like this game is nuts oh like, holy shit crap. i'm a badass <laughs> yeah yeah and that game i just remember no game has ever made me feel so cool yeah great memory all right, was after PS2, PS3? PS3, yeah. Then I think I've gotten each console subsequently <laughs> after that. So, yeah, PS3. There we'll go to, like, Uncharted. I remember, like, thinking Uncharted was going to be lame. Or, like, because, like, I knew Naughty Dog is Jack and Daxter yeah. on the PS2. So I was thinking cartoony, you know, like this Nathan Drake adventure, kind of like this cartoony ripoff of Indiana Jones. <laughs> Which that, it is. Yeah, but I remember you working at GameStop and you played the game. You, like, were, like, basically that's when we actually kind of first became friends around yeah. that time and i remember you playing uncharted and just tell me about it like dude it's actually really, really good. cool <laughs> yeah so i remember giving it a try and i there's a sell at toys r us like buy two get one free so i picked uncharted up with like that deal and i remember playing it and like <clears throat> being just like holy crap like like i played like really cinematic games until it's like metal gear like probably like the first like really cinematic story based game where you're like holy crap like they can tell like a really deep story in a video yeah. game there hadn't been anything like that but for some reason like Uncharted was like the first time I was like like wow like I remember just getting like by the balls like had me yeah. by the story like <laughs> like if everything like Nathan Drake was just like so freaking cool like Nolan North has like since become like yeah anything he's in like I'll usually give it a try just because I like his voice acting he's good like he's just like he really sells yeah. the character and I, I really like the character of Drake and I just remember playing that game the first time just being like <laughs> Like, this is, like, the coolest game ever. Like, the story's awesome. The gameplay is fun as hell. <laughs> you know, the voice acting's awesome. This guy's, like, you're every man, and he's, like, he is, like, it is a almost better, newer version of Indiana Jones, and I loved Indiana Jones yeah. growing up. So that game was so cool. And I remember, like, the twist at the end where, like, they're zombies. You're, like, what the? Yeah. What the hell? Like, <laughs> but it got, like, genuinely kind of scary. Like, that gameplay was, like, I remember getting, like, nervous yeah. and stuff. But, it, like, as weird as it is, it still kind of fits in, you know? So I remember just loving that game on the PS3. Yeah, so that's that's a big one, for sure. I love... And then, since then, like, that's... You know, Uncharted has been up there with, like, my favorite... You played all ...game them, series. Yeah. yeah, whenever new one's coming out, I'm always, you know, excited for it. Sweet. Well, a PS3, let's do... Let's do... Uh... We could go because it's more recent. We could probably go off forever. Let's do top three out of Uncharted three more. Three more and attach them to like a memory, like a favorite, not just the game, but okay. In the PS3 era, or like... yeah, PS3. <coughs> Let's see. Love... So hard to choose. Dude, there's so many because like that's like the generation, like really getting like. Really getting into gaming, I would say. Yeah. PS2, PS3 is like when I hardcore, like, loved gaming. Like, yeah. There's one. <laughs> God of War. I can't remember. Is it God of War 3? That was on the PS3? Yes. I remember one New Year's just ditching everyone. Not doing <laughs> shit on New Year's Eve just to play God of War 3. I borrowed it from you, I believe. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think I borrowed it from you. And I went home and played it. It was on New Year's Eve. And like I had plans to go hang out with like the you know Ernie's and all the guys there, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember like starting God of Wars like I'm not going in. I'm not going dude. out. I'm staying right here. <laughs> yeah. So I just like got food, just like 
kind of just like went all like recluse you know got yeah. all my trees i'm just Winning. new years all by myself playing god of war 3 just like loved it it was so fun god of war 3 was a rad game the hercules kill is the one that stands out to me most in that game do you remember you get when you uh hercules his weapon every god you kill you get like their weapon mm-hmm. hercules had the like the lion fists Oh yeah, and yeah, like the gauntlets. It, and when you when you beat him, there's always like the cutscene with that the. That was like smashing. He's like just smashing his, his face in. into yeah. the ground. Like oh my gosh, that one. And then when you get the whatever the the guy's name that is the lamp, his head's the lamp, and you pull oh. his neck, and his neck like splits apart, and you can see the. T- <laughs> I was, was like, so, oh wow, so gory. I can't believe they're getting away with this. <laughs> it's awesome, but <laughs> damn. Yeah, do that. Yeah, that that was actually one of those first ones too, like. Where, like, the violence was, like... A little much. A little much, yeah. yeah. Like, holy crap, like... I can't believe, yeah, like... can't believe they can do It's like, this. you like it, but at the same time, like, wow. Am it's I like, a bad person for liking yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whew. So, yeah, so God of War, just that memory. <laughs> I was like, screw everything. I was gonna, just gonna play this game. It's so fun. So, is that... PS3. You never had Xbox. No, no, all of our friends did. And like, yeah, I, never I remember like Halo Knights, always playing Halo with all of our friends, but I'd never actually owned an Xbox. Ninja Gaiden at Justin's. I remember oh, just playing the shit out Ninja of Ninja Gaiden, game. I did end up getting an Xbox. Yeah, that game specifically <laughs> was amazing. And then Ninja Gaiden Sigma on PS3. On PS3, yeah. That one, it's like Devil May Cry, but I liked him a little bit more. And the one boss, Alma, like the chick that comes through the cathedral window, she's like the alien and she breaks through the stained glass. Do you I remember her? I remember, yeah. She's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, so, ah, shoot. That game was hard. It was hard. All the ninja games Being were super so hard. hard. Yeah. That game was difficult. Dang, PS3, there's. Oh, did you do so many. Onimusha? <laughs> Yeah, Onimusha was... The Onimushas were Onimusha. really good. I remember I did... Gone to 1 and 2. I I heard 3 and the other ones were really good, but only... 4 is my playing. favorite. The other one was Jean Reno. Yeah, the, 3 is the one with the, with the French dude. Oh, with the French dude, okay. Yeah, that, I beat that one and it was... Yeah, I beat it because I like the series. 4 is my favorite, Dawn of Dreams. It's a... Uh, a lot of people haven't played it. They were sick of it by the the fourth game, but mm. they ditched the pre-rendered backgrounds. It's 3D. And then you have multiple characters and it's more like more RPGs mm. than you actually get levels and you have skills that you unlock and they have this this uh chain mechanic where you can you know what what's it called when ninjas like disappear and slice through someone and it's faded and then the oh, delays and then they, yeah, they split in half <laughs> i don't know if there's an actual name for that but you, it's that, a very iconic it's a like, very iconic thing sword slash kind of like and so you could build up a combo meter and then you could hit triangle and a lock on and then you would like warp through someone and then you'd have like the and then they would split in half and then if you locked onto someone in enough time you could chain them oh she's like yeah and so it was like that was like your rechargeable special move you get overwhelmed then you could chain and lightning through (laughs) a bunch of people and that that mechanic was it's kind of like playing wizard of legend a little you know that it's uh what's that one on wizard of legend there's one of the the strong attacks from lightning where you like disappear and reappear and you hit everybody? Yeah, I I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that sort of like that fun. effect. Yeah, that's like a, a very iconic ninja thing. Yeah. It seems like just like and one, everyone one kill after another, just like in a line. Like and then they would all stay. And so look, there was one part of the game where there was a, a challenge where ninety nine guys would come after you in waves of like five. Oh, like, and they'd come chain in, those all together, and you, to, and you could chain them, and then they would build up, and then <laughs> if you you could chain through all ninety nine, and all the bodies would stay until the chain ended, and then like. 
So then the chain would end, and then it'd be 99 guys frozen, and they'd fall, <laughs> and all the experience so cool. would come out, and you'd suck it all up. <laughs> Give me that XP, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I would just grind that over and over and over again. Yeah, you should play it. That's yeah, just... I think, yeah. That's one game because I didn't own an Xbox, and I don't think I'd ever end up buying it on PS3, but that is definitely The second one, one was kind of scary. Do you remember the beginning? You're in the forest, and you keep hearing the voice, Jubei! And there's like a demon oh, calling. Oh, Yeah, Onimusha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a... I was even like Ninja Gaiden 2. I'm like, I don't remember. But no, and she's calling you from the cave. And yeah, I remember creeping me out. <laughs> I remember Onimusha 2, Joe telling me I look like the dude from Onimusha 2. If you'd put that haircut uh, on me. you kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I always thought that was funny. But yeah, that Onimushas were rad. I remember if, uh, Red Dead. Playing a ton of Red Dead yes. Redemption. Red Dead Redemption was lots. I remember, yeah, I remember not being super, super into, like, Grand... Like, I liked the Grand Theft Autos enough, but yeah. I was never, like, into them where I was, like, you know, spending hundreds of hours, but... I, so I remember being kind of skeptical about Red Dead, but for some reason just ended up, like, loving it. Like, the Wild West setting, like, the story. Just everything. Well, Red Dead's awesome. Red Dead Redemption's so good. That's probably one of my favorite PS3 games. My favorite part it's about so that good. game is you play that you play the epilogue like you beat oh yeah the, you play as a son yeah like it you choose so you beat the game you beat kind of like what seems the final mission mm-hmm. and then you're playing the epilogue and you take your son hunting and you like there's like because they had missions that were like oh i mean like oh before he like dies and before he killed. dies yeah, before yeah. the ending ending mm-hmm. so they threw me for like a double loop because i thought like you you get your revenge on whatever the guy's name is, mm-hmm. and John Washington goes back home, and you think everything's good, and then you're like, "Why are you making me do these like <laughs> cattle herd- herding That's true. missions? Yeah, yeah. Like That's this right. is from the beginning of the game, and then all the guys. This is come so and... boring. But what they're doing, you're spending time with the sun, and they're setting you they're up. Getting you like emotionally invested. They're getting you emotionally like... invested. So you do. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like two or three short like non-action missions, like catch a horse, cattle some cows or whatever and then the dudes show up and you have to do the get that last stand you try to get as many of them as you can but you know you're gonna die <laughs> and then that really got me i'm like oh i got really emotional and then the credits start rolling and then it gets you again and now you're playing There's as the, the sun. sun yeah like what <laughs> then you go and get revenge it's so awesome yeah, that game that's true. so awesome yeah i love that game that game got you super yeah super invested i love that ending <laughs> Uh, that whole game. I remember, like, even, like, some, like, the side missions were genuinely creepy. Like, where you had, like, find the cannibal. Do I don't remember that, but that... Uh, there's, there's a side mission where you had, like, find, like, this cannibal, and I remember, like, just being kind of scared, like, playing through, like, you're just, like, going through this open world, like, and you're just, like, waiting, like, is this guy gonna eat me? Are you gonna find this? So, and, like, the storylines, like, in it, like, they did a really good job fleshing out, like, like, the whole world. There's yeah. a ton of good stuff there. Yeah, they, they do a good job. Or let's do, uh... Best best modern game to date, most recent favorite memory, and then we'll wrap it up. Oh, dang! This goes back to the PS3, which is one I totally forgot. But I remember uh, Journey, the first time. Oh yeah, I, ever I remember Journey. you talking about that. Oh my gosh, game! I've never been so emotionally touched. Like the fact that you could like communicate with another player online just through like. Yeah. Voices. Like, I remember the first time playing Journey. Sorry, this is going back to the PS3 one. <laughs> one of those memories, but, like, realizing that it was, like, another person. And I remember... Not like, just an NPC yeah. or something. Yeah. And, like, the music and like, everything about the game was just so beautiful. Like, 
that kind of like alludes to the story you just kind of figure it out as you go <laughs> but i remember there's this one time i met up with some guy and i didn't realize he had all these scarf pieces that you could use to like make your scarf go longer so and your scarf for those who don't know is like basically your main action. source of yeah jumping and jumping flying and, yeah the longer your scarf is the longer you can kind of float and fly yeah. and if you collect them all you get this dope white robe <laughs> so like i remember this kid had a white robe I'm like what the heck like you know so like without talking he'd like like would lead me to the pieces of scarf all the ones i couldn't find so he'd like do 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 like chirp me over like, yeah chirp me over get so you. i'd like run over there instead of like leaving him we like did the whole game together and he helped me get my white some robe. stranger you Some don't stranger, even know yeah like That's, you know, that instead is of ditch instead of ditching me he would like guide me through it's like oh here's the one you probably didn't get and like just through chirp like do do like follow him instead of like just doing my own thing yeah and then when i get it, like thanking him back and he answered and like a yeah trip, like, no problem then we'd go off and we had yeah, this, yeah we had this magical like journey together dude and like he was the only person i met normally like if you play through a game sometimes you come and go and meet yeah. people and you have like a list of people but i remember that one game it's just me and this dude and he went through the whole went game with the you. whole game with me beginning to end first guy i met first time i saw a white robe and he helped me get mine it was mystery journey player you're a nice guy <laughs> dude it was awesome Kudos to you. i remember just like being like kind of like touched emotional like, like someone like, oh, helped man, you like, yeah dude we're home like i kind of want to meet this guy like, <laughs> i feel like we've gone through something together you know? <laughs> so this i still love journey that's you know i say like that's my favorite game that's my i have a lot of favorite games but that one is like that's a good memory. up there in terms of memories what's cool about that one is they they designed the game to 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 for like, that memory to happen for exactly. that experience to happen yeah yeah so i wonder how many other people have had experiences like that so i remember from that i would like when i could like i would like lead people to kind it's of like, like the pay it back you know like, it's like the opposite of dark souls <laughs> is they, Everyone's like they, trying to they either invade <laughs> you to just fuck you up and be an asshole or what, what i've had happen to me a lot of times you have like little basic emotes in dark souls and they'll be like over here they'll point to something it'll be like a ledge and they'll point and you there's a lot of like secret like places so you think like oh there's yeah, gonna no, be a secret you just going. fall to your they death you? yeah and they kill you and it's like you asshole oh, such a... and you lose all your shit and you have to try to oh that's such a dick move yeah but that's like my that's why i love that game but i've never played the dark souls so that's yeah, so funny you just i got trolled there was sometimes you can summon people to help you like you get to a boss or something you can like right on the ground it's called the white soapstone summon someone in your game and they can help you fight a boss and they get some of the experience too so people can grind by helping others sometimes people will help you but you can also invade you get rewarded through like different covenants and up it's like the evil path you can invade people and there's a covenant and you get a bunch of perks and so you'll constantly have people invade you coming just to like ruin your day on a game that is already hard yeah that would be and then you can also leave notes miserable you can leave notes on the ground for other players to see, and most of them are helpful. Like, turn right and find this, but people would, same thing, they'd be see like, secret here, and they'd put it next to a ledge. You have to, like, type it up? Yeah, you, like, you use, like, the, yeah, whatever they call that, not QWERTY keyboard, but. But, yeah, so that would be kind of slow if you want to give a lengthy note. Well, they have a bunch of set ones, too. Oh, okay. Like, set That's phrases. Cool. okay. And Sweet. sometimes people would say, like, uh, hidden wall here. And there's, like, a lot of hidden walls game where you hit it, and then the wall disappear, and there's like a secret. They're like a hidden wall here, and you oh, hit cool. it, and nothing will be there. Like, oh, is it the other <laughs> That's one? That's kind of cool, though. Like you can the other like, one, and then you like you do the whole room. And you're like they just put that what to waste five waste minutes of waste my time. time. <laughs> That's super funny. That's kind of a cool mechanic, though. It is really cool. the fact that you can do that, like interact with people in that sort of way. I'm gonna have to figure this shit out. Yeah, that's not gonna work, is yeah, it? Yeah. Well, I guess if, I, if there's like a remote where you could just like click it and start it yeah. every like 15 minutes. Anyway, I'll just, I'm just going to put like a blank 
video lost, maybe some like middle <laughs> finger, I don't know, sorry. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> lost video for a second. Well, let's wrap it up. You have one out of any era, something you missed. Or you could say out of all those memories, which one means the most to you and why? Huh. Let's see. I would say a more recent one. I think we, ha- we share this one, potentially. <laughs> um, PS4 we haven't talked about, or I, I use yeah. my PS4 for Journey. <laughs> but God of War. The new God of War was like... Oof. That was so, so good. So good. Like, I remember loving, like, <laughs> Last of Us for, like, that kind of, like, father-daughter mechanic. And the fact that God of War kind of took that, like, you know, felt similar but made it its own. Yeah. And, like, just told, like, an even deeper story. Like, you really, like, you actually, like, super bond with your kid. <laughs> yeah. From the beginning, like, you see Kratos, like, develop as a father and, like, learn to, like, instead of just kind of being this burden that he's, like, yeah. thrust on him, like caring like you know caring for him like there's that scene when like a tray you gets tray you is that it seems tray you tray you right technically also never technically story. loki spoilers <laughs> yeah never any story popped up I'm like wait a second but yeah no it's not a tray with treyus a tray is it is it is ah we're so dumb sorry yeah treyus like but when he gets taken like kratos is like flipping out you know it's like no like Thinking his kid's gonna die. Oh, yeah, like, the first time you get rage mode is when he thinks Atreus is in trouble. And every time Atreus is in trouble, you get infinite rage. Yeah. Yeah. I remember just when that happened, like, just like, oh, like... Yeah, he loves him. I'm not a dad, but, like, you know, my wife and I have been trying to have kids. Yeah. Like, with this whole kid thing going on, not being able to, just, like, kind of seeing, like, relating to an extent, like, you know, how a father probably would feel, like, seeing his son, like... There's about a, to die like oh man like they just yeah they told they fleshed out their world like just like it's they, i don't know just as a whole i don't think i've played a game that had such like a fleshed out world such a story and gameplay mechanics all just kind of meshed together so perfectly like it's kind of like it's almost a perfect game it's pretty much a masterpiece most people consider it a mess some people bitch about it being a last of us copy yeah yeah but exactly. i'm like man nah, it's I think they it's did like saying different... every, every fighting game is a copy of Street Fighter or something like right. that. Like it's yeah. it's a mechanic. They, they they made it their own. A big part, one of the more like subtle storytelling skills that it showed was how to convey stuff with no words. Mm, yeah, there's not not a ton. Of not a ton of words, and obviously Kratos' character is very. It's like a man of few words. Stoic, yeah. But there's a part. Quiet. It's early in the game where you get through one of the sections and there's a view. And you walk up, and Atreus is like, oh, we, do we really have to go to that mountain? And you can see the ring of the mo- mother's trees. Remember how mm, the trees are yeah, different yeah. color? And they go up to a view, and it's like this moment. And Kratos goes to put his hand and on his doesn't. shoulder, and he like doesn't have the and he puts it down. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of sets the tone of where they're at. And I'm like, so much about was their said. relationship was yeah. said with that one like tiny gesture. The crazy thing, <laughs> I think another reason, too, I like that is like being in film, kind of like a... Yeah, I do a lot of like, I like I like one takes like Spielberg or like yeah. people who do like one shots. Edgar Wright and Baby Driver did this amazing one shot. I love one shots. And the fact that the whole the thing. whole thing is a one shot. Yeah, like they film it like everything in VR, like in CG, kind of like almost how they do Avatar. Yeah, you know <clears throat> they're all you know in there and they. Yeah, they, they, if you look at it, it never cuts once. It's all one it never cuts. solid take. And it's so ingenious how they hid, they hid the loading. That's so much time like, yeah. to think about. It's cr- I'm sure it's putting nuts. that together was a massive pain. There's a really cool documentary on YouTube. It's like two hours. It's like Raising Kratos. Raising or, Kratos. Yeah. It's really good. 
That's awesome. It's yeah. really good. I I don't know. If, I, they talk I started about it. yeah. They talk about how that one shot thing made that they thought about cutting it and how much work it added and, and Corey Barlog, the the creative, I think he's creative director or director or pushed for it really hard and and I'm glad they did it because yeah. that opening scene when you chop the tree <laughs> and, you, and you you don't really realize it until you get like while I was probably a while into the game when I wait a minute like if there's never been a cut <laughs> yeah because I didn't know going into it that was oh, like that a was feature all one. yeah, yeah. Oh, and it makes me wonder if people even notice that if like I hadn't, hadn't heard of it yeah you know previously or read about it like I wonder if I would have even noticed it at some points but I yeah. knew it was the stranger fight because the first which is one of the coolest that boss fight fights. is so yeah. one of the most yeah, so, so good <laughs> you feel like a god it feels like two gods fighting and uh when when he throws you or you throw i think the stranger throws kratos or kratos throws the stranger through that tree but he flies and he he hits the the, the roof of the house and he's flying through the roof and the shingle like it's all flying off the like the shingles are flying off and he hits the ground and slides in, into the oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. hits the tree and the, there, the rocks what, yeah. fall the and then it turns and it's kratos like and i'm like that's all one take. That's all one take. I didn't, and then it goes right into gameplay. Well, like, I have to play that part again. You're used to seeing a cutscene and like a little break Stop, into gameplay, yeah. and <laughs> it's it, all and it was so smooth. One go. Yeah, it was amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I need to play that game again. That game's awesome. That's a great one to end. The whole thing about that game. One other ingenious mechanic that I liked is I didn't know much about Norse mythology. Other than it's like, never been my favorite. Yeah, either. pop like, culture. Out of all of them, like that's the one I paid the least attention to, but it surprisingly made me. Made me more interested. A lot more interested, yeah. Exactly. And what was ingenious about is the, the, the talking head guy. I love him, dude. When you're in the boat, he's awesome. I realize what he does is he just tells... He's teaching Kratos. He's teaching Atreus about Norse mythology and who he is. Because Atreus is slowly learning he's a god over the course of the game. And he's teaching him... He's really teaching the player. Yeah, it's like they're fleshing out the world. They're fleshing through. out the world for you. But, <laughs> but it works. he's so good at it, yeah. dude. It's so funny, like... Those are like some like the best. I remember like like waiting on shore to let him finish. To let his finish the story, yeah. so I can like hear it. Or like, sometimes because <laughs> when you go on shore, he'd be like, "Well, we'll finish this later." Yeah, like, no. like, God damn it! Turn around, let's <laughs> get back in the boat. Just finish it. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, whoever they did, had for him or whoever wrote him is yeah, they did an amazing job. He's so good. That game, and then the the ending. So I love when games tie. Make sure it doesn't go off when they tie, sort of like quality of life improvements to the lore so there's a lot of times like one thing i love about katana zero is it ties the fact that you're dying and trying over again into the game yeah yeah because like it's the part Kronos of the time mechanic like, yeah. the chronos and you have foresight so it's like the gameplay loop that you play it's not just like a game where you die and start go from a save point it like, makes it actually builds into the lore into the world yeah and what i've noticed in a lot of games uncharted you know tomb raider god of war is they'll they'll wherever the the path is the the pathfinding we're going to climb with the platforming there'll be like a color or some sort of accent yeah or it's kind of lighter or something a lighter like that, yeah. or you can tell like oh that's where I'm supposed to climb mm -hmm. well, God of War they have all these like cool old decaying like runes on the ledges like if that's a ledge you can climb there'll be like a some yellow runes yeah if that's where you like everything is all in runes I'm like that's really cool that they just made that mechanic instead of just painting it a color. They, they made like part of the and I thought that was cool that it was like one level deep, but then when you get to the end of the game, spoiler alert, and uh, you see the mural 
and you realize that Loki. the mom had foresaw all of this, mm-hmm. foresaw the oh, whole and journey. Oh, she was like actually like planting the runes she, to like guide you. Yeah, she planted all the runes because at the very end, the very last that's ledge, right, you're right. It's like that's mom's handprint. That's your mother's handprint, and then it's like oh. It's not just a, a like a quality of life to help the player know what to do. It's also tied in to the lore to the of the game structure. Yeah, and like I thought that was <laughs> making that part so of awesome. Yeah. Then you find out he's Loki, and, <laughs> which is uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That it actually made me reinterested in God of War again because God of War was always a fun game, but it wasn't everyone like those series of yeah. like when the new game came out. I was always like excited, like. I'm gonna buy it day one, but now after that, like God of War, each day one, like I'm, I'll buy it, like pre-order even. <laughs> so like, yeah, it made me reinvested into God of War again, and yeah. I'm stoked to see where they go because like they kind of allude to going to different mythologies. Like I think there's some like Japanese mythology. Yeah, there was another. one part of the game where it had a there's like a little like, like a mural. statue or mural, yeah, and it had signs of like other countries. It had like a Japanese. Kanji, I think, yeah, or something. Yeah, so they had like four, inferred, there's other... yeah, four different mythologies. Yeah. And kind of inferred that after Norse mythology, they're going to potentially explore More. these other ones and can connect this whole like Somehow it's all mythological together. universe together. Yeah. So like, you know, because Norse and, you know, Greek mythology apparently all exist in one universe. Did you ever go back to the house after you beat it? <laughs> yeah, freaking the the Thor. Thor? Yeah. yeah. Pretty bad. Freaking awesome. Which I didn't know about. I just randomly went back and like oh this is yeah this is crazy like no idea like that was even like you know like if you don't go back and play the game still like you would never come you would across never it know. yeah it's pretty did you do all the um pretty awesome like the side stuff the the flaming tower to, i did a lot of them i'm trying to beat all the valkyries now and they're like god hard the valkyrie queen <laughs> Is probably the only person I won't say it because it's a terrible word that I might want to use the c word because <laughs> that bitch, holy shit, dude! Yeah, the Valkyries are tough. I I think I told you I busted my brand new TV. <laughs> you I raged, yeah, so I didn't fully rage quit and throw my controller, but I did slam my fist on the couch and I had a drum. Oh, is that pad. what happened? I, I had a like... drum pad sitting on the couch and it bounced the drum pad <laughs> and the drum pad flew right into the TV was two days old. Brand new Black Friday 4K TV. Oh, Christmas break. I have God of War. I'm like at the very end of it, I've been binging it. I just want to beat this fucking Valkyrie Queen. <laughs> and I 50 like I'm like 40, 50 tries deep, like multiple nights in a row. And <laughs> I, I got really I would get her down to like close to the end then i would die and i just i slammed i just slammed the couch <laughs> busted my tv went out bought a new tv the next day and beat it and gave it back <laughs> i think i still have it but yeah it's your game anyway that's so funny yeah so god of wars literally oh the only time i've ever broke anything gaming 30 <laughs> or 20 some odd years of gaming never broke anything until god of war on I'm ps4 so far so good that would knock on wood <laughs> well that's it man all we're, right we're that like fun, gonna, we're like at an hour and 20 minutes. That's okay. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Nice, dude. How does gaming still inspire you for Kuma Films? Because that's kind of one thing I want to talk about, too. <laughs> Lots of ways. Like, I would say gaming and anime. And anime, yeah. All in one. Like, there are shots I get that I like find, you know, directly... From, from something like, from a game from a game like anime. oh i like i liked how this camera was sweeping low to the ground keeping like its center like as it kind of orbit kind of yeah like this 
like being really wide angle but keeping them kind of small and saying like it gives us like really nice beautiful like rushing yeah feeling or there's like different camera transitions you know where like person's like wipe across or so you pick up camera work from games and, yeah yeah i think like scenes. yes games and anime have like some amazing like camera work if you like really pay attention to it yeah like i'll find myself like when i'm like watching a like a movie or a game like a game i'll usually have to go back on youtube try to find it but i'll screen record like scenes. as you're playing a game or something yeah or i'm watching an anime or playing yeah or we'll stick to games but yeah yeah either screen record or i'll go back and i'll find it on youtube and i'll screen record that like scene and then and I'll study it yeah and like you know use it as a reference mm-hmm. and like it actually helps a lot with like um since like i don't do a ton of like action or fight stuff like on my youtube but i do a lot of it for work yeah in terms of like stunt work with like previs and stuff like that i find i get a lot of like the angles and stuff directly from video games and yep. kind of anime like i'm like oh, i liked how like this shot or this you know the punch and the kick this sequence, from this angle yeah. with this movement like it's a really dynamic shot like you know sometimes i'll steal inspiration from video games directly for like fight previs and stuff like that what uh what video game has the best fight cutscenes? Oh. <laughs> That's tough. I'm playing Naruto right now. Which one? Uh, the Switch has Ultimate Ninja Storm Trilogy on sale. So I'm playing Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 2. And that's the fighting game where it's kind of like the Yeah, weird... kind of the Dragon Balls. Yeah. Kind of like, it's, yeah. Like, the cutscenes and the fight scenes in that are so freaking good. <laughs> like, that's one I'm going to go back and I'm definitely going to, like, screen record some, like, the action yeah. sequences and that's, like, they're pretty faithful today to the anime and like you know the anime already has like amazing fight scenes so in like 3d space and the way the animation is yeah. they do a great job like for that game being an old remastered ps3 game like it still holds up really well like i think that art style is yeah like timeless. cell shading yeah. like kind of is a kind of yeah, a timeless art style but i would say like right now because it's fresh on my mind like naruto has like some amazing like action sequences in like just even the fighting like in the gameplay when you're just like free battle fighting people like the combinations and like stuff is really like, the fighting is good like the choreography between like the fights are i've definitely awesome. seen some naruto fan fight films on youtube so yeah you're they're... not the only one <laughs> yeah they're amazing yeah. so yeah like i see those kind of games are really good i don't know can you think of like a like a fighting for what game <clears throat> or the or there's there is one scene that stands out now i think about in Devil May Cry 3, the rain fight between Virgil and Dante. Yes. That sword fight's dope. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. a pretty cool one. Like, the cinematography in that is really good. I love that, like, that first wide angle shot with, like, Dante and Virgil. Yes. Just, like, coming towards each other, the rain's pouring. And then you get the bubble. Yeah. When they hit. Yeah, yeah. they hit, like, the energy yeah. bubble stops the rain. Oh. <laughs> He's pretty badass. Yeah, that, that scene. Dude, Devil May Cry 5 gorgeous. is, uh, I didn't play it, but someone made a YouTube super edit of all the cutscenes, and I just watched the game. Some of the coolest cutscenes, like great CGI. Yeah. Great. If you're not going to play that game, I, I have it. Yeah, you should play but it I or I watch the cutscenes. I played it and then I got, I downloaded the Spider Man DLC and I've been, just, I been Spider playing Spider Man, which you can, you know, you can bring it back over when I'm done with it. But so that stopped me from finishing Devil May Cry, but I need to get back into it because, yeah, the game's freaking awesome. Sweet. Well, that's it, man. Sweet. All right. Thanks for, thanks for Tell having me. Tell everyone where they can find you again online. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, on Facebook, or main, just anything on social media, Instagram. It's Kuma, it's Kuma Films. It's all Kuma Films, no Kuma. Kuma is what we go by, but Kuma Films is the only thing we could get because someone else yeah. already took it. So check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Dope.
Thanks really, for bearing with me. <laughs> really rare, world-class talents with cool music and cool filming. Mm, thank you. All right, man. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> and that is a wrap. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the podcast like a real friend. And more importantly, thank you for taking my podcast virginity with so much love and so much grace from the bottom of my heart. It was a magical experience. And I'll remember you for the rest of my life. I will be like that clingy ex that you can call anytime, you know, late at night, just like I should, but I shouldn't, but I know I really shouldn't, but I know she has a thing for me or her or him, however like However you like to swing, I don't really care. You know that person, the person you shouldn't call, but you know they have it for you, and you treat them like crap. Should you like, subscribe, share, give me a shout-out in any way, shape, or form, I will be that person for you because I am an attention-seeking whore, hence why we're doing a podcast. Now, apologize for the weird kind of audio issues. I only had one working mic for the first episode. I've actually recorded 10. The audio quality has increased exponentially and the guests are even cooler not that you can get really cooler than todd but they're all cool so stick around for the next podcast love you all bye bye